Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Let us find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need, which is right now. We need you all the time, Lord. Let us always remember that. Let us not try to be self-sufficient in any way, but let our sufficiency be in thee, O God. We love you. We honor you. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen and amen and amen again. Amen. Well, we're all glad to be here. I can tell. Amen. Get real glad I might take another offering or something. I don't know. Whatever, you know, whatever it calls for. I'm just flowing with the spirit, you know, just trying, trying to be obedient to God. Praise the Lord. So I want to mention our special this month. Our master prayer manual is $8 plus shipping. And you get a free devotional, seven weeks to health and healing. So take advantage of these and, uh, you know, store up some knowledge for yourself. You know, most people buy things and then sit up and look at it for a week or something. But, you know, dive into it. Open, crack the crack the, the shell on the book and, and start listening. And also our broadcast on tomorrow morning and Wednesday evening, Strong Faith, is on KDAY Live. And we want to thank Jackie for introducing us to that ministry. And, and it's been a real pleasure to, to be able to share the word that way. So Monday, 9 a.m., Wednesday at 9 p.m., I have to set my clock for Monday because I usually, well, I won't set a clock unless I have to. I mean, why be, you know, why stress myself? <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. So anyway, but I got to set my clock and make sure I'm up to hear the broadcast. I'll I'll get up and then I'll forget what I'm up for. You know what I'm saying? It's like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. I need to get my bearings here. So anyhow, but God is good. Amen. It's all the time good. So we're going to continue talking about hope. Why hope? Why do we need hope? Why does hope come to us? Uh, our main scripture is in Psalms chapter 22 and uh, verse 9 and it really it says that God causes us to hope in fact he caused you to hope while you were still nursing amen while you were a nursing baby God put hope inside of you and we talked about why an infant would need hope uh, you hear that uh, that loud scream Whenever you don't get that bottle fast enough or, you know, <laughs> whatever, they're wet. Sometimes when they're really teeny ones, they don't know they're wet. They don't know they're uncomfortable yet. It's amazing how sometimes little babies are way ahead of the parents. In, in knowing what's going on in life, they'll alert you to everything. But that, that cry for help or cry for feeding is a sign of hope. Amen. That's how hope manifests itself. In that you realize something that is necessary for your life is missing. And hope has caused you to understand that. It's because that baby hopes to live and hopes to be comforted and to be fed is that they will cry out to you. Uh, we know, too, there's such thing as a syndrome they call failure to thrive in infants. And it really is a lack of hope for some reason. Uh, that the the child has not has extinguished hope it's been extinguished in them 
And the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. So somehow that little baby has been starved for something it was longing for. Amen. Even in infancy. Uh, in hospitals, they would, they would, um, uh, uh, alert you to know if babies were diagnosed with failure to thrive. And you were instructed to, um, it, when you had extra time to pick up that baby and hold the baby and even sit in a rocker. They, you know, always had rocking chairs and nurseries for, for comforting babies. And it's very, very important that they have continual human contact. They have touch. Uh, they have all of that because uh, babies, their spirits are very sensitive. Their souls are sensitive. They can sense rejection. They can sense and when they feel rejected or they sense rejection, they'll start to cry out for their hope to be be manifested, to, to be um, uh, recognized. And when that hope is recognized, they thrive. You know, they continue to grow. They continue to feed. They continue to live. But if for some reason they don't have that contact, then they will just stop wanting to live. They don't want to feed. It's hard to get them to eat again. All of that will happen. And and the reason that happened is because hope is very essential to human life. Amen. It really is. Uh, the Bible says for, for parents not to provoke your children to anger. Don't do things that you know upset your kids. You know, and that goes for all them crazy parents on TikTok, too, that show videos of them playing with kids and doing things where very small children get very upset. It's not right. It's an abuse of their soul. And so when you see that happening, uh, then you the Bible says because they will be discouraged. If, If a parent provokes a child to anger, they become discouraged, which means they lose hope. Amen. It's hard to encourage them after that. And so it's good to just, you know, always um, uh, promote life in your surroundings. Just keep life going and, and things that pertain to life. Encourage that, you know, do what you can to keep that going and, and do what you can to keep that motivated. And that is not to mean you give your kids false hope. Don't promise them everything, you know, but but and if you're a Christian parent, then then let them know that we're praying about this and let's believe God for this and, and put them in the realm of faith reality and the spirit realm so they can understand that mom and daddy just can't give you everything you think you want. But God can provide the things that we can believe him for. And that's the way we're going to live our lives around here. And so when their hope is in God, it's never in vain. It always gets uh, satisfied. That hope will be satisfied if it's placed in God and in his goodness and in the things that he promises. You know, sometimes you'll find your your kids will pray about stuff. And, and when it comes in and you're shocked and the kids say, oh, there's my so-and-so. I asked God to give me that. And then you feel like, um, well, okay, let me just turn everything over to you, sir. You know, how'd you do that? And so, and be thankful, amen, because they picked up on something. You know, they have that relationship with God already that, that will, will, will keep them good all the days of their lives. So, so praise God. So, so we said that hope really is a feeling of expectation and a desire for certain things to happen. And hope is really more than a feeling. It is a spiritual force. Feelings depend on uh, whether or not you ha- cause them to linger. 
say, for instance, if you have a feeling of despair and you start to feed that with negative thoughts, then you're causing that feeling to linger. So you have control over that. But hope is more than a feeling. It's a spiritual force that evokes a feeling, but it's also a spiritual force that manifests itself in your life, whether you feel it or not. It's there, whether you feel it or not. You understand what I'm saying? And so sometimes we're more attentive to the spirit realm and we're more attentive to what we're hoping for than at other times. So that puts it above the level of just a flesh thing or a flesh feeling. Uh, it can give you a feeling of satisfaction. It can give you a feeling of it, it will express itself to your, your soul in a lot of different ways. When you have hope, sometimes there's excitement, there's expectation. Sometimes it's a validation of what you, you've been anticipating. It's, it's a, a sense of, of, um, overcoming, not being upset about anything, not being disturbed about it. It's, it's an undisturbed place that, that your soul can rest in and, and, and you can anchor yourself there. You know, the scripture says that my soul is anchored in hope or hope is an anchor for my soul. It becomes a resting place where you you can can stray away from it. But then you always come back to where you you found God and, and what you what in knowing that it's taken care of. Amen. That's what hope does for you. Faith, on the other hand, is is something that begins to ignite your hope. And put it, bring it to the forefront. So where hope can give an anchor for your soul and let you know that God's taking care of this. Everything's okay. I'm still, it's still coming. It's still on my agenda. It's still there. You know, it gives you that anchor so that you don't go, ah, you know, oh, Lord, you know, that, that thing that you get when you, when you're kind of hopeless. Well, it keeps you from getting to that place, amen, to crazy town. And so when you understand that you're being anchored in hope, then you can live just a a peaceful life. But then when faith comes to ignite it, it moves it from the anchor to you'll pull the anchor up and now you're out sailing toward it. So it gives you a direction. It gives you now uh, you're moving more closer to that thing. It's like you're on the hunt. So faith, when it's mixed with hope, gets you in the game. It puts you on the hunt. You can start expecting it any day now. It's more moving into the uh, the seen realm and the feel realm than when it's it's hope, even though hope is very important. So we said that hope helps us to set goals. It helps us to develop, to develop pathways. In other words, finding different ways to achieve your goals, and, and that's that's part of hope. But we know there's only one way to get the things that we desire, and that's faith in God, right? So then God becomes your pathway when your hope is in him. Also, agency is another uh, 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 thing that hope provides for you. Agency really means believing you can instigate change or you are the agent of change in your life. 
You're not waiting for something to come from the outside. You're not waiting for something to um, to not manifest. You are are you have developed uh, a a sense that you can do it, but we know that that God is the the force behind everything that we do, but it has to work through you. You have to give permission. Your faith is your permission for that thing to come into your life. All of that. So, so hope gives you a sense of, you know, I can do this. This is coming to my life. It's going to be in my garage. It's going to be in my basement. It's going to be in my, you know, whatever. It's going to affect my children. It's going to bless my grandchildren. All of that. So hope lets you know that you are the agent for change. You're not waiting on some great something somewhere to just drop out of the sky and help you. There's a part that you have to play. And so when we mix faith with that, we know that that we have to do a work uh, that our faith tells us to do in order for us to receive the things that we desire. So really, hope is something that empowers us, to be honest with you. I mean, I know a lot of times people think hope is just oh, wishing and hoping and one day it'll happen or some kind of fantasy. But it's actually more than that. Amen. It's you find people who have given up on life. You go out on the street and you see enough homeless people. And that is the face of hopelessness that they have given up on anything good happening to them, even to the point sometimes where people might come to them and say, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, I want to help you do this or help you. Would you like to have a, a nice bed to sleep in tonight? Now, no, 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 no. You see that hopelessness has shut it down. And that's the way people are sometimes, Christian people. You'll find sometimes they born thinking negative. They'll die thinking negative. That's not for me. Uh, many times people are ashamed of their hope. Ever been there? Many times. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll find that, that sometimes when people are, are very hopeful people and they, they dream dreams and they have visions of doing extraordinary things or doing great things uh you'll find sometimes in in uh with small children a common thing adults want to engage them in conversation what do you want to be when you grow up and that if that child says something that's going to take money education you see the the thumbs down you get around the room you know they people and and then what happens is that people begin to project their hopelessness onto the one that wants to to uh branch out and do something, you know, inside of that person, there is a vision of them doing something with their lives. And, and that vision causes them a certain level of joy, you know, and, and, and excitement and, and that kind of stuff. Um, that um, Remember the Lord of the Dance? Remember that? Oh, yes. Power to the people. <laughs> Michael, what was his name? Flatterty. Flaherty, something like that. But he grew up, I think he grew up in, in Ireland. And he was in school and he said that he would sit and he would just stare out of the window because he knew that one day he would be a great dancer. And and he said that his his uh, teachers would make, what are you doing staring out? Oh, you're dreaming about dancing again, you know, and, and just would embarrass him and shame him. And he went through a lot, a lot of difficulties. He said uh, it took him a long time to um, afford his first pair of dancing shoes. And he has them to this day. 
He said, their holes are worn through, the bottoms of them. And he said, I keep those to remind me of a dream that I had a long time ago and how it's been developed in my life. And it developed for him not giving up. Amen. He says nothing about God helped me or I prayed or anybody else. He just kept the vision alive the best way he could. Well, we know that anything you persist in doing, God can help you. He He helps persistent people. You keep knocking at that door, that door will eventually open for you. And and he has a, a troop of dancers. They go all over the world. Pay, they're being paid huge sums of money. They've revived a, a folk dance for the Irish people that's very, very gratifying to a lot of people. You just you don't have to be Irish to like that. You say, look at that. Oh, that's better than the moonwalk. You know what I'm saying? It's I mean, that's some footwork right there. And and it's very, very entertaining. But it's also allowed other people who dream as well to get involved in that dream. Amen. And so hope, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, hope has many friends. Amen. Hope has many friends. It will stir some enemies, but it has many friends. I think we might have covered this a little bit. It's uh, in Esther. Let me see. Which chapter was that one? Yeah, Esther chapter 4. Thank you. Praise God. Come on, Esther. Come out of hiding here. Yeah, and, and you know, it, this is the thing that there are many people oftentimes waiting for somebody with hope to show up on the scene to, to activate them. So that they can begin to do the things that they're put put on this earth to do. And those things are very, very much fought uh, for no reason. I mean, people just hate hope. And I think it's because when the enemy sees it, he sees it as something that that challenges his authority in the earth. Because if there's anybody who's hopeless, it's a stupid devil. Amen. But because people are born in sin and shaped in iniquity, it's easy for him to win people over to his hopelessness. But at the same time, God is is light and God is sovereign and he can come at any time, any day and inspire people. Amen. He can do that. And and that's the edge that God always has because he'll just pop up. You'll see him show up in the Bible and start talking to anybody. And it's like, well, where did this person who is this person? Well, they were not known before God showed up and started talking to them. Now they're in the Bible. Amen. And so this is this is what we have when we have it, have God. And hope is always of the spirit of light and it's never of darkness. So in Esther chapter four, I think it's in verse 13. And this is where um, Esther is talking to Mordecai uh, for the first time about what's going on. Uh, with with his people now it's interesting esther is a queen and she never knew any of this was going on and her husband the king had already written orders for all the the jewish people to be killed and all their possessions taken by whoever wanted to kill them i mean come on now and so it says uh in starting in in um uh let me see in verse 11 all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come into the king in the inner court who is not called, there is one law of his to be put to put him to death, except to such whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter. 
that he may live. But I have not been called to come into the king for these 30 days. So Mordecai is, has informed Esther that there's been a decree for those their people to be killed. And she says he bids her to go into the king and she's letting him know there's a risk involved. See, there's some hope in her, but it gets extinguished by the risk. You got me? And this is the challenge against hopelessness. Because every time hope rises up in somebody, there's some natural force or natural idea that comes to extinguish it and push it down. Amen. And, and it will, it, it is a fact of life. Uh, the, the God of this world, Satan, likes keeping people hopeless because he wants people to think lack. He wants them to think desperation. He wants them to think it'll never happen. He wants them to think, oh, you don't want to step out on a, you don't want to step out on a limb like that. I mean, what's going to happen? The people are going to laugh at you. That's never going to happen for you. See, that's the voice of hopelessness. And that's the voice that wants to extinguish, extinguish hope. And so here, Esther, and it's always going to be there. There's always going to be some natural reason why you should not hope. Amen? Always. So when you see that natural thing come up, when you see that that uh, um, uh, idea that this won't happen for you, you got to go back to the the word. Get that word because what God is doing is exposing where the enemy is that's contending with you for the thing that you're hoping for. And there's always an enemy to contend with you. You know, most of them, we take them around with us. You know what I'm saying? Yo, buddy, you can't, you won't, and what if? them three amen that ain't you like you don't like that you know i hate that that voice you know that's not for you who says you know you don't like that who says amen some things you just need to go get them just to fight that thing and let him know it's nothing wrong for me to like that what's your problem amen and so when we understand that 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 there is opposition to hope, there are enemies of hope, amen, there's there's present reality that likes to fight hope. If we think present reality is, is what it's going to be forever. You know, we act like that sometimes, like things are never going to change. Well, things change all the time. In fact, they change in the suddenly realm. You got it? Just as those words are coming out of your mouth, sometimes God will flip that thing around so fast and make you shut up. Amen? That'll never change. That'll never happen. That's what happens when people don't, don't prosper, when they don't advance in their finances, in their accomplishments, anything like that. It, it's because there's that ceiling that's set that keeps pushing down on them. Tell them that's not for you. You can't, you don't like that. Don't do that. You, 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 you. Because many times we're afraid of hope. Many times we're ashamed when we hope things. You know, if you're one of those people that carries a lot of shame around, you're not going to get very far until you tackle that demon. Amen. Just take him and, you know, and, and just put his face in the palm of your hand and wail on it. Gotcha. Amen. Like my dad used to say, kill every roach you see. Amen. And and don't let them get away. 
because they'll live to fight another. They go back in the compartment, and, and before you know, they brought an army out with them. Yeah, babies, roaches. Amen. So you got to be careful about stuff like that because that attitude will rob you. It's robbed people forever. Amen. And it will rob you. And so it'll rob you of what God has for you. So don't try to build your faith if you're afraid to hope for something. I'll say it again. Forget about building your faith if you're afraid to hope for something. You got to put your 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 marbles down on something that that's real. You know, something that you can hope for, that you can believe God. You know, I always say you need a, a few faith projects in your life because you need some things that you need to be hoping for in your life so that you can continue to keep your faith alive. That your faith, and don't let your faith just work in certain areas. You know, as people, well, I got faith for souls. Well, why? Why? Just for souls. You should have faith for money because them souls got to eat one day. You should have faith. You should have faith to take care of the whole picture. Why can't we do that? Amen. You know, and, and seriously, I mean, that's what God gives us. That's why he blesses us that we may be a blessing. Not to be blessed all the time, but be a blessing. Amen. So, so start doing that, expanding your vision of what you can do. Expand what you expect God to put into your possession and put in your hands. Of. And above all things, when he blesses you with something, be faithful with it. If you have a hard time giving, just keep giving. Give until you don't have anything. You understand it? Break that thing off of you. Because that's not God. His children are made in his image, and he's a giver, and we're to be givers too. Amen. Don't be stingy on your giving. Give everything. You, know, you get paid, give give a tenth to God and give another tenth to somebody you want to bless. Just out of, the, out of nowhere, send them $5, $10. I'm serious. Break that thing. It's not going anywhere until you break it. Amen. It's not going to leave you alone. you got to make it leave you alone. I remember when I started telling God, I said, you know, I don't want any more double-digit offerings. And he said, well, you better quit giving them. But see, I had a plan. Once you get a plan from God, put the plan into it. Don't, don't sit and complain. He tell you what to do and you don't do it. Amen. So I never give less than $100 to anybody. I don't care what it's for. You understand what I'm saying? You've got to set a standard for you. And, and, and I never get less than that back. You understand what I'm saying? If I get less, I say, God, what did I do wrong? I don't, you know, bark at people. This is between me and God. But God, you got to set a standard. You got to keep raising the bar on you. You got me? And, and keep raising the bar. Don't let it fall down. Oh, well, you know, and, and, uh, uh-uh. uh, that ain't faith. That ain't hope either. You'll never move out of the, the zero category if you don't make yourself move amen you got to make yourself move and so when we understand how how this operates and, and then when you when you start being a cheerful giver and, and a giver anyway you know a giver, well i don't have any more in my bank account but i praise god i did this 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 and this with it and i please god with it amen moral come he always gives you gives you more he loves a cheerful giver if you can laugh at money 
and and let money instead of being something you're afraid of and be your enemy let it be your friend if you can laugh and you can keep giving god will always make room for you to have more always more and keep keep your little faith projects going just make sure they you know there's always something there there's always something there so so god wants us to 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 have hope he wants us to be productive people he wants us to have abundance amen that's how you start you start with small things start with that seed and let god bless it breathe his life on it and bless it and it it becomes abundant so you can get yourself out of any jam by being a giver amen just just give and so um god is is good so anyway in esther we said hope has many friends esther needs some friends amen Mordecai knew he didn't have any. Mordecai is what you want to want to call the change agent, but he has a different kind of agency working for him. Amen. He's more of a firebrand. He's the the uh, match that lights the wood, the wet wood. And the way they were living in Shushan was was Israel was wet wood, and they needed something to spark them and bring them to life. So that their God could be known to be the God, the one true and living God. God wanted that. And the way he does it is he uses his people. So that was Mordecai's hope. And he started out by not bowing to man. And he knew the consequences of it. He knew what would happen. But he didn't do it. Why? Because he bowed to God. Now, you can't go and do that if you don't have a relationship with God. So don't be trying nothing real dangerous, you know, just, I ain't dying to nobody. You better have God on your side and have gotten your instructions from him, amen, or you just, you're going to be on the gallows in the morning. You got me? Because them gallows were built for Haman, folks. He came that close. You got me? And anybody who's serving God will come that close and not care. If you come that close and care, something's wrong. You need to go back and apologize. <laughs> you know, on second thought, I think I will buy when you get up, sir. You understand what I'm saying? But if you have a relationship with God and he's told you that that's the right move to make, then you make that move. Amen. And so Haman is there and he's able to... um uh uh I'm sorry, Mordecai goes into Esther and he tells her that um, uh, he he needs her help. And we did, what did we do? Verse, oh, no, verse 12. And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai commanded to Esther to answer Esther, think not with yourself, within yourself, that you will escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. In other words, sister, it's time to reveal. Amen. Uh, You can't hide any longer. You know, there's a time to hide and there's a time for the reveal. And this was a time for her reveal. And he said, don't think that you're going to escape just because you're queen. Amen. You remember the last chick that had that job? Nobody heard from her since. Amen. She was in chapter one and we ain't heard nothing about her. So, right. And so anyway, he says, for if you all together hold your peace at this time, then God will just get somebody else to do the job. 
See, this is Mordecai's job as the main agent for the change. He has to have a clear picture from God. And God let Mordecai know this is your time to stand up. But if you don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. But it's going to get done. And he told Esther the same thing. He said, this is your part to play in this. But if you don't do it, God's going to use somebody else. He's always got somebody else he can use. Amen. We don't know that Mary was the first woman he came to visit to tell about uh, giving birth to the baby. There's a lot of women he could use. You understand? A lot of faithful women. Don't think because God uses you, you're rare. You're rare to you. But he can use anybody he wants to. He don't care how long it takes for him to groom somebody to get up to your level of competence in the Come on now. Let's get real here, folks. In other words, that'd cure people from God's dealing with me about girl, he done forgot about you to do that job so long ago. You dealing with yourself in your little imagination. You know, people quick to get the big head about stuff. So he realizes this about Esther, and he slaps that crown right off her head. You got me? Come on, sister. It's time to put the do-rag on. You know, it ain't time to wear your crown all the time. Amen. And get out them high heels and all them jewels and stuff and just... Tie your do-rag on and let's get in some cutoffs and you're barefoot and let's get out there and fight the devil. And so he told her, he says, for if you all together hold your peace at that time, then enlargement and deliverance will arise someplace else. He said, but think about this, though. This might be the reason you're here right now. This might be the main reason that God brought you to this place at this time. Who knows if you are come to the kingdom For such a time as this. Then Esther told them to give this answer to Mordecai. She said, okay, took the crown off, put the new rag on. She said, go and get all the Jews that are present in the palace. Fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, night and day. And I and my maidens will do likewise also. So she, this is how she begins to identify with her people. Amen. She at first when Mordecai was running around there in sackcloth and ashes, she's all embarrassed. She said, go take him something to wear. You know, oh, my goodness. Well, it could be that bad. You know, she clutching her pearls and holding on to her crown. Now, all of a sudden, she didn't throw all of that off and she got that she down with it. Amen. So this is this is her time. And she realizes that. And she said, going fast, she said, I'm going to go into to to the king and if i perish i perish but this is my time amen hope recognizes how long it has to stay in hope after a while it's time amen it's time for this thing to manifest it's manifestation time the hope time just hoping and and thinking one day uh, we'll be able to be a free people or one day we'll we'll have God put us in our rightful place in the earth. We will be the head, not the tail, all that kind of stuff. It's, sometimes it's time. It's time for that. It's time for it to manifest. It's not time to sit up and wait for it any longer. It's not time. It ain't somebody else's job to do all the praying and stuff. Amen. Sometimes time is time. Amen. So if it's time, then it's time. And, rec- and, and Esther recognized that it was time. 
she realizes now, you know, my people are going to all be killed if I don't get up and do something. And, and it, it, you know, that's not something you get in your flesh. That's something you get in your spirit. Once you get it in your spirit, then God will add all the other components to it that he needs to add to it for it to be successful. So uh, you're not constantly such time as this. You know, people don't even know what that means. Most of them don't even know what time it is. Amen. And most of them just halfway saved. They're just picking up religious phrases from somebody to throw out there to make them sound spiritual. This ain't no game. You know, when when God gets involved in something that he plans to do on the earth, he's got to use humans. And he has to use faithful humans, people who will obey him and people who will do what he tells them to do. So Mordecai oversees this. He's the the agent, the main agent of change. Esther becomes the sub-agent, sub-agent, but then everybody else has a part to play. All of her maidens have a part to play. All of the Jews who are working in the palace have a part to play. This is why God placed them there. Amen. And so now is their hour. And so she's finding that her hope has a lot of friends because it's able to gather together everybody who's necessary. All the major players in this scenario are gathered together under one person's hope and one person's vision, and that's Mordecai. So he's the one who's calling all the shots. He's the one who's hearing from God. Letting them know this is time. We can't back down. We got to move forward and we got to move forward in a big way. So then hope becomes bigger than fear and bigger than personal risk. Hope is, is like that canopy that everybody is able to lodge under. Amen. It becomes your, your guide. It becomes your protection. It becomes that voice that starts to speak to you to keep going. Don't give up. This is going to work. And I believe that every, as they began to get involved, they, they, there's something about putting your faith into action that allows it to grow even more. Like once you start fasting, your faith grows. That's one act. Once they begin to pray, their faith grows. That's another act. And so all of these things that, that we do to contribute to hope to bring bring more life into the hope to bring the picture more into visibility those things are very very necessary for us to add to it so that it makes our hope come alive and and this is the important thing about it it comes alive when we start to believe it comes alive that the picture gets clearer before hope is like a little wish that's hanging over your life but but as you add faith to it, you start to pull it down to your level more into visibility. It comes more into reach for you where you begin to understand, you know, God put this idea in me. This is not just some wishful thinking in, in, in a perfect world. You know, you heard people say stuff like that. Um, the world of the kingdom is perfect. Amen. It is perfect. You can have what you say if you can believe God for it. And make sure you get your visions from God. Most people's visions are just kind of normal, everyday things. Want a house, want a job, want a family, you know, want some comfort, some, you know, some savings, some things like that. 
those things are not out of reach for God. In fact, they're not out of reach for most people in the natural. You see sinners who can have a lot of stuff, natural stuff. So why is it that when it comes to believers, we want to get nervous about everything? Amen. (laughs) So we need to understand how to make hope our friend, how to make our dreams and our visions our friends, and how to do the things that we need to do to allow hope to to spring forth in us in a real way. Hope expects God to answer. Psalm 38, if you go there. So we know the end of the story. The You know, Esther got in to see the king. Haman was exposed as a perpetrator and an, uh, a wrong kind of guy, which he was. You know, just because he worked for the king, that didn't make him right. It's never true. Amen. So, so we, we need to understand that. But hope 30, uh, uh, sorry about that. Psalm 38 verse 15 says, for in thee, O Lord, do I hope thou will hear, O Lord, my God. In other words, in you, O Lord, do I hope you will hear, O Lord, my God. So when your hope is in God, you expect him to answer. You expect him to hear you, and you expect him to answer yes if you your hope lines up with his word. See, if your hope lines up with the things that God has for you, there's no limit to what you can hope for within that, that scope of things. For instance, there are many people who hope for a job that gives them enough money to pay bills. And we've all been there. God, if I can just get enough to pay my bills, you know, or have a little bit left over. Um, most people try to create their own abundance. I'm going to say it again. Most people, yeah, it's like this. You want a job and, and you pray and God opens that door. That's the, the exact job I was praying for. So your faith was involved in that job. But when you ask for the job, you your faith was at the level where if I just get enough to pay bills and, you know, maybe have a little leftover and yada, yada. You know, you 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 ask for the minimum. How do you get abundance? You've asked for the minimum. You got the minimum. Now it's time to move into abundance. How do you get abundance? Same way you got the minimum. With faith, but I'm going to tell you what most people do. They don't use their faith for the abundance. They go to side gig, second job, amen, something else I can do, I can do, what can I do, I can do, instead of believing God for it. You got to put that out there with your faith and see what happens many times is that we limit God. By limiting his goodness toward us. Say it again. We limit God because we limit his goodness toward us. In other words, if you want more money, ask God for more money. Why would he not give you more money? Amen. So there's something working in your little brain that's telling you God's only going to give you enough. You don't believe him to put abundance in there. 
you know, you when you get your vision of of how you're going to live, you it's limited by how much your paycheck is. It's never it never goes over that. Like you got to figure out how to get it in there. You you didn't figure out how to get that in there. That came from God. You just had a little vision of it. But God's God's signature is exceeding abundantly beyond all you ask or think. And if we don't have that working somewhere in our hearts and in our faith, it won't ever happen. See, if you don't work exceeding abundantly in there some way, it will never come to you. And so you got to take God at his whole word. You know, really what sometimes what we pray for is what we have. We have a vision in our heads, our, our carnal minds. And we just ask God to help us get what we think we want instead of going to the word, finding out what God has for us and allowing God to get us to that point that he wants us to get. You ever think about that? You ever think God wants you to have certain things? You ever think he wants you to have that thing that you you think is too big for you to ever have? That might be him talking to you. If it ain't him talking to you, start adding faith to it anyway to find out. No, never going to find out unless you add faith to it. Amen. So start adding faith. He ain't telling you to get out and do another eight hours a week to get stuff. He says, I'm your source. It's like, let me bring that in there how I want to bring it in there. Just believe me for it. Amen. And and increase what you believe for. Sometimes we get out, we step out in a little bit of faith. You know, you, you're stepping in, in ankle deep water and you feel like you're going to drown. Huh? Oh, Lord. I- He's the one to put you out there. Amen. He's already out there with you. And that what happened to Peter? Jesus was already out there. All he was saying, come on over where I am. I got your money. I got your honey. I got your kids. I got your retirement fund. Come on over here where I am. Huh? If we get out there inches, oh Lord. It's too deep. You ain't you ain't in the deep, Peter. You you still standing up there? Well, I gotta come get you now. See, that's what walking by faith does to us. And you run back in the boat, but but please get out a second time. Please get out a second time. Don't just stay in the boat because you got scared the first time you got out there and start using your faith. You're gonna you're gonna get that. The devil's gonna always tell you God ain't gonna do that for you. Who he does that for so and so and them kind of people and that kind. It's always somebody else other than you that he's gonna do that for. That never has. It's like you don't even belong to God. Amen. Well, why can't he do it for you if he does it for so and so? Do it for anybody. Amen. So just stay in your word. Keep believing God. Don't give up. Don't quit. Say it's got to it's got to come to me. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. Sometimes we think, well, you know, when I get to the place where I don't have as many bills, I'll be able to save. You won't. You won't. Huh? The way you save is save. The way you start is you start. I don't care what you make. 
You understand what I'm saying? You 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 save. And that's how it happens. So you make a determination that this is going to work for you and and you work it. So 3815, it says, for in you, O Lord, do I hope. You will hear, O Lord, my God. As long as God hears you, you know you have what you ask for. If you ask according to his will and his will is abundance, there's no limit to his will for you. You've got to put no ceiling on it because that's God. The minute you put a ceiling on something, you've stepped out of the will of God. You're over, over in the natural again. You know, oh, well, I was going to hope for this and, you know, hope for that. You know, don't, don't put a plan B involved in your stuff. Plan A and that's it. Amen. That's all you're responsible for is asking for what you want. That's plan A. I know there's some other options that come, but that ain't you. That's not where God resides. He said, you either believe I'm going to do it or you don't believe me. So allow him to to do your plan A. Amen. Uh, just your plan A. I was I think it was uh, no. Was that your cousin that had uh, put a bid on a house and, and the house didn't come through for her? And and then later on, the same house came through for her. Do you understand what I'm saying? God wants to give us a desire. He didn't take care of them other people temporarily. Thought they bought her house. He just brought it right back around again. Amen. So God will do stuff like that. All you have to do is ask him for what you want and leave it alone. Quit messing with it. Trying to get it done. And turn the fire up. Turn the fire down. Turn it off. Turn it on. You know, cut that stuff out. If it say bake at 350 for four days, leave it in there for four days at 350 and come back in four days and see what's there. Amen. And expect your stuff to be done. So, yes, and take God at his word. He he means what he says. He's not just saying stuff to get you pie in the sky and then burst your bubble. He wants you to have what he says you, he wants you to have. Amen. If If those were if we were. If if you were God and we were your children, wouldn't you want us to have everything you could give us ever? Amen. You want us to have the best of everything. Amen. Even the ones that don't know how to count real good. You say, well, Lord, give them enough money, hire somebody to count for them. You know, whatever. But you want them to have access and possession of of the best, the most that you can give them. And so it's a good thing. And, you know, God will give us according to our proportion of faith. You, know, you won't get over your head in in uh, responsibility or bills or anything like that. You know, you can look at a bill one day and it's, you know, way above your head. Quit looking because it'll come down. You keep working with God. It, that'll be it will be no more. At one point, it will be no more. So. So, yeah. So what's important, though, I think in this psalm is to build a relationship with God that adds to your hope. Let him infuse your hope with more hope. Let him encourage you to hope for more things. So it's that ability to look at only what's inside is is what we need to cultivate. Just what is God building on the inside of you? It doesn't matter what other people think, what other people uh, say, or what what they're talking about over here, what they're talking about. Just focus on what God has for you. 
Amen. So in and allow your hope to be strong enough to resist all the obstacles that will come against it. All the voices that'll say you're not good enough. It's not for you. You don't need that. What are you going to do with that? Let's all that kind of stuff. Amen. So you you need that to to move out of your life so that that uh, you'll be able to to have a, a good hope and a, and a blessed hope and and always have God's heart about things. You know, God's God loves people. He loves everybody. He's good to everybody. Uh, he blesses. He wants to bless everybody. Anybody that he might put in your path, he wants you to be a blessing to those people. Amen. And so keep keep that in mind. And that will always expand your hope because if you're doing good, you expect good to come back to you. Amen. You know, you, you've seen that show Hoarders where people have all that stuff in their house and you know, what What has hindered them is the fact that they don't give. If those people would be givers instead of just accumulators, they wouldn't be in the mess that they're in. It's a simple solution to all of that. And then when in the, in the devils get involved, them hoarding devils where they get scared to let stuff go and they want to fight people if they want to come and clean up the house. Uh, you know the devil being stingy will have you looking real stupid on national television. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so, always be a giver. Don't be one that this. Well, I think I'm gonna use this one day, or I might do this one day. Let that stuff go before it rots and falls apart. Amen. Don't don't keep building the bigger silo so that you can hoard more stuff. You know, release and and bless. With things like that, you know, a lot of those little hoarding people felt superior to people because they wanted what they had. That plays a big part in your stinginess. Holding on because you think people jealous of what you got and they want what I got and I ain't going to let them have it. Yeah, childishness. Amen. It works against you. Trust me, you got evidence everywhere that kind of stuff works against you. So you need to start out by being a giver. If you don't ever hold on, you won't know what that's like. You won't have to fight that devil. Amen. All right. Where are y'all at? Somebody better talk to me. I'm running next door. Amen. So hope doesn't stop believing. Amen. In Mark chapter 5, we'll turn there. Our familiar friend, the one with the issue of blood. Amen. Everything against her, nothing going for her. Amen. You've got a lot going for you. We have you have a covenant with God, and you you're not on the downside of the covenant. Amen. You're you're obedient. You're in faith. You're in health. You're taking a stand for your your health as always. Symptoms or no, we always got to take a stand for our health. Amen. So in Mark chapter 5 and verse 25, it says, A certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse, when she had heard of Jesus, 
came in the press behind and touched her garment and touched his garment i'm said for she said if i may touch but his clothes i shall be whole and straight away the fountain of her blood was dried up she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague so here you see where her hope really was to be healed this is what she really really wanted and we have no idea what age she was she might have been childbearing age and so the more time goes by the less chance she has of having children if or more children if she's had some if she hasn't had any there's there's um hope for her here um that she she wants to get this done she just wants it oftentimes if age if if people are advanced in age they'll give up hope because sometimes health is related to youth you understand what i'm saying it's like okay i got i'm i'm 70 i got a little arthritis eh, you know why go through the the faith thing and try to get rid of rid of this pain in my joints you understand what i'm saying hope gets extinguished over time it can be built up over time but but sometimes it's extinguished over time and so what what hope does is it allows a transfer of faith from one place to another as long as hope's there you know now you could say she had faith in doctors but she really hoped to be healed that's pretty evident from the fact that when the doctor step stopped helping her she got more hope amen and and it may be that she she might not have had children yet which was another issue in her urgency to hang on to her hope because yes yeah, she wanted to be healed and and but she'd been doing this for 12 years and she ain't dead she might be able to just live a little bit longer but there's something in her she really wants this amen she really wants it the lord was showing me too about barrenness um allowing women to have a double portion of blessing in their lives well some of you women who haven't had children yet need to get excited about that because if you look at hannah before she had samuel as long as she was childless what did it say her husband gave her a what worthy portion or double portion go to first samuel i'm gonna make y'all read some word today you see god doesn't leave any he doesn't not bless people <laughs> you understand what i'm saying it says here First Samuel chapter one and verse starting one. There was a certain man of Ramathim Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, and all of them people. And he had two wives. 
the name of one was Hannah. The other was Penaniah. Penaniah had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. When the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penaniah his wife and to all her sons their portions. They had allotted out of what he thought was right for them. But it says unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion or a double portion because he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. So as long as she was barren, she received a double portion of God's blessing, God's love, God's provision, God's whatever. So if that's you, start looking for your double portion. Start looking for God to take care of you. Stop weeping and lamenting about what you don't have and go go and receive what God has for you to pour out the double. So as long as she was barren, she got a double portion. She got more attention from her husband than the other wife did. She had his heart. You have God's heart in the same way. So don't ever think of yourself as left out of anything. You hear me? Everybody's sound and stunned. I don't care. I'm reading my Bible. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You're supposed to be well taken care of. God doesn't cast anybody out of hope. Amen. So so uh, this woman with the issue of blood still hoped to be well. After 12 years, something is driving her to want to be well. And there are many things we can think that might might happen, but the fact that the doctors ran out of stuff and she ran out of money did not extinguish her hope. Amen. She just transferred her faith over into a different situation. She had put her faith in it because that's all she knew. But when she heard about Jesus, <laughs> the Bible says, you got to hear something different. When you hear a different scripture, when you hear a different revelation, when you hear a different understanding, you can revive the hope that you have and now put your faith in a new source that's going to bring in the goods. Amen. The reason she was able to get what she wanted from God is that this voice kept coming to her and kept re- You mean I could really now wait a minute. The doctor, you mean this guy, Jesus, he might be able to do something different for me? She had heard about him. What'd she hear? She probably heard that he ain't like them religious men in that temple that keep telling you to call yourself unclean. You got me? He heals everybody. He touches lepers. He touches all kinds of people. He's He's free to heal anybody he wants to heal. Instead of her risking being rejected by the religious community, you know, talk about church hurt. They hurt you back in them days. And Pharisees get to washing everything. You walk in some and they say, oh, gosh, who is this? You know, that kind of stuff. That's how they treated people. You didn't get close to them. You didn't touch them. Number one, they didn't have nothing to give you. So if they didn't want to touch you, you, that's a good thing. 
but they knew how to put people in their in their place the place they created for you they knew how to put you in there and keep you in there amen that's the way they did things and so when when we think about it, it this woman had a lot of hurdles to overcome to get her healing and you need to be realistic about that yourself you know that's why sometimes healing don't just come automatic in everything there are some things that we can believe for pretty quickly, and there's an anointing for that, and, and you've made up your mind you're going to get it right there, and you get it. But then there are some things that you might have to labor with a little bit. you got to get some stuff out of your brain that just seems to want to stay lodged there. You've got to revamp your thinking. you got to do some things differently. And so this this is what it was in her situation. She had to take the hope that she had placed in doctors and remove it and put it in Jesus. And God made it easy for her. He made it easy for her. You, you ever try to pry people away from their pills when they really depend on them? And, and it's, you know, and there, there's no there's no condemnation there. you got to trust what you got to trust. You understand what I'm saying? But But always have your faith in God. God, this is temporary. I'm still believing you to get rid of these for me. Talk to them pills. One day soon, I won't have to take you anymore. I don't like you, but I must live with you for right now. This is temporary. You got me? And learn how to prophesy into a higher realm of of life for yourself. Prophesy God's word. That's what God believes. He didn't, didn't create you to take pills. He created you to worship him. He's not going to let them pills stand between y'all, but he don't want you to get dependent on him and leave him in the dust somewhere. And so he did this lady a favor, made her money dry up, and allowed her to transfer her faith. Here's this big hope sitting up here. She said, man, I was hoping, how did I run out of money already? I was hoping they could help me. Well, you were hoping to get healed, lady. You were putting your faith over in them, but your hope was for the healing. Amen? It's, it's, hope is not in people. It's in things that you desire. It's in, in things that you want. Amen? You know, sometimes you talk to these married people who've been married for you. I don't even know how we made it this long, John. What do you mean? This is one day we decide we go get along and quit fighting. They don't know how that happened. They just there. You understand what I'm saying? So there's hope. Their hope was not even in one another. Their hope was in something bigger than who they were. And that's what we have to do. You've got to put your faith and your confidence in God. He's bigger than you. He knows more than you. He can help you when things start going south. He he knows what to do. So he says here, she said, if I can but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Amen. And in 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 it happened for her. That was faith talking to her. What her faith had said before is if I can just get some more money and go to the doctor, they can do something for me. Maybe this doctor will be different than the last one. Amen. And she goes to a new one. But her hope was to be healed. That was that never left her. And that's a good thing. And so after your source that you've been depending on dries up. Can you still believe God for what it is that what you are asking for? And if so, your hope is still there. 
Hope has a tendency to be able to be revived once it dies on you. Amen. It can be revived again. You know, all you got to do is spend a little time sitting down with God and, and understanding what it is that he has for you. He will build your hope back up again. It will not leave you forever. Amen. And be careful letting your hope be transferred onto a plan B. Well, I didn't get that. So how old are you? Were you 12 and you didn't get it yet? They don't give up? I don't think so. You understand what I'm saying? There's always hope for, for whatever it is that you desire from God. He can, he can bring it to you. He doesn't care about time. He doesn't care about money. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. So hope never stops believing. It never stops looking for faith to connect to. Hope is looking for a source of faith to connect to, and faith is looking for hope to give it something to hope in. So they are partners that sometimes can be estranged from each other and divided from each other, but they can always reunite. Amen. They can come back to where you are so that they'll be able to serve you. So this woman never stopped hoping. She never stopped hoping and and putting her faith out there that there would be something else that that would come along that would help her and she kept her ears open and she heard about Jesus and in instead of hearing negative she heard good things amen you ever you ever have that happen to you i remember when we would we would take trips teaching trips so that we could go and 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 learn more about healing about faith and stuff and we'd have trips you know go with benny hand or something and you know if i was around a group of people i said we have a trip going so and so there was always somebody raise their hand well didn't he do so and so and such something negative you know and the, a woman said that one time she kind of coughed me off guard you know wasn't as refined as I am. The delicate little flower that I am now. And I said, what made you say that? And she looked at me like, <laughs> you know, I didn't expect you to say, I thought you, I thought I put you on the defense. Now you on the hot seat now. And she didn't have anything to say. So I just went on with my, what I was doing. That's better than saying, get out of here, Satan. Get thee behind me. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? But it really caught me off guard because I was expecting people to ask ask reasonable questions. Not the devil plants some, but I learned real quick. So I bound people like her up before I even went anywhere. You can't talk at my meetings. My meeting, devil. You don't have a say-so here. And so you you nip those things in the bud, but God was able to teach me. He said, you're looking at it all from a positive point of view. He said, but the devil wants to throw something in there to make people doubt. And the devil wants to kill people by not, not letting them get to a place where they can get healed. You got me? And so I learned real quick. <laughs> you don't mess around with him. So. This lady kept believing. Amen. So hope is always looking for something to attach faith to it. You know, it's always looking for faith that it can attach to to cause itself to manifest in some person person's life. That's what hope is 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 there for. 
in Matthew 20, verse, I think 29. Let me find it first. You'll see that hope is louder than the crowd. Hope has a loud voice. Amen. See, we think just because it's inside of you and it whispers to you or keeps, but hope is pretty big when you think about it. Think about the people who have started small companies and then developed to have multi-billion dollar. Look at all the Silicon Valley people. They got their wealth during our lifetime. Most of that wealth came up during the, started in the 80s, the 90s, and it's continued on. And so it got huge almost overnight. Why? Because hope does have a loud voice. So here we have Matthew 20 and verse, starting in verse 29, as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And the multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. And so here you see where hope is louder than the crowd. Now, people may say faith, but hope too, because what happens happens to people who um, just walk away and don't receive, don't receive, don't keep fighting? See, we always look at faith as something that that keeps them in the fight. But faith is the substance of things hoped for, for they're always paired together. And see, hope must be there because here you, you have people who have been blind probably for a long time. And then all of a sudden, something triggers in them and they believe that they can have their sight. Well, they must have had some hope all along somewhere. Like one day, I would love it if one day I'd be able to see. If I could just see. If I, that's hope. That's the way it talks. And it, it's always a, a, a one day thing or, or if or maybe, but it's there. It's, there's the life there that I can be normal, that I can enjoy life. I can see things. I can get a job. I can have this and I can have that. You'll see a lot of, uh, interest now. In, in training people, uh, who are autistic, um, Down syndrome, all of that. The people are interested in putting them to work. Why? Because they see hope in them. Even though the, the mainstream of medical science and all of them will tell you, well, they'll, they're never going to grow to be this and they're never going to be able to do that. And if they do do this, it's going to take a long time. It's all to stick a pin in that hope. But when you see a little child that's that's smiling, just like other children do, likes to be picked up and held, what what's to stop them from getting beyond where they are? Amen? 
there's got to be hope in that child for something better. Amen. There, there was a, um, I know most of you a little bit older. If you watched the 700 club back in the eighties, maybe you saw a lady named May Lemke. Little teeny. I mean, she wasn't five feet tall. It's a little small thing. And she had a, a son. His name was Leslie. He was the blind boy that played the piano and would sing. When she got him, she, she was known in her neighborhood as a caregiver. And she worked with children, worked with infants. She had a lot of patience with them and a lot of, you know, uh, uh, good results, good fruit. She's a Christian. She prayed about everything. And um, she said that when she received this little boy, they told her he wasn't going to live long. And they didn't tell her half of the things that was wrong with him. And he was blind. He was they There was some disease in his eyes, and, and they had removed them in surgery. They couldn't get him to eat, um, and he was paralyzed, didn't cry very much. And when she got him, she just began to ask. She stayed up all night and asked, God, what am I going to do? What am I, show me what to do. God, you gave him to me for a reason. You don't do anything for no reason. And, you know, she was one of those kind of women. She's bugged, you know, the persistent woman, you know, da, 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 all day long. And uh, God began to tell her how to work with him. And little by little, hope came into him, even though he could not express it. The hope that she had was transferred over to him. Amen. And and she would try to think of things to do. He wouldn't couldn't walk. She they had a picket fence and she would strap him to her back. And while she walked, he walked. And she said, maybe if he could feel the movements of my legs, he would get the hang of it. Well, one day she put him up to the picket fence and he stood by himself. And she would just walk along the picket fence and he would walk right along, but just holding from one picket to the next. And I mean, this was like little bitty improvements uh, uh, gradually, but she loved playing the piano and singing and singing hymns and popular songs. And, And one day she said, well, maybe I'll teach him to sing. Maybe he'll be able to say some things. He wasn't saying anything. She would put his hand up to her cheek. And when she sang and she said, maybe if he could feel, she's infusing hope into him. He can't talk. He can't see. He can't respond to her. But she's infusing hope into him. And and she began to say, Leslie, this is what we do here. And this is what we do there. And this is this key. And this is that key. And one night she's in, in asleep and she hears the music. She's a piano player. And she thought she left the TV on. She asked her husband, Joe, did you leave the TV on? He said, no, I turned it off. And she said, well, there's music. Leslie's sitting at the piano playing. And I mean concert stuff. And I mean stuff he ain't heard before. How would he hear it? You know, his the mother only knows so many songs. And and he, they, you know, they call that a savant. They used to call, they used to call idiot savant. Like, you know what I'm saying. It's, they always put negative terms on that, but but that's a rare uh, genius gene that's left dormant. You know, God never lets anybody be born without any gift that will make room for them. He hides it sometimes in gross darkness of paralysis, not being able to talk, not being able to feed, any of that. 
and and they would have concerts. She'd been all over the world with with him and her husband while they were alive. They passed on now, but her daughter, he lives with her daughter now, and she did. He had they developed a a, a foundation for him for to take care. He's self sufficient. So whenever they decide he needs money, he signs another concert and he goes out and people flood in and hear him play. Just the dormant things that are there when you can put hope in somebody, when you can bring it to life again, when you can show somebody that there is a reason to live and a reason to hope. That's what hope is. Hope is your reason to live. And it it is God-ordained, and it's put in everybody. I don't care how deficient they are. Just keep believing God. You know, for, for some of these children, I pray for autistic children. I pray for kids with Down syndrome. That's my little faith project, that I want to see them live productive lives because I believe there's something in all of them that's going to cause them to stand out and have have a delight a life that they will enjoy. Amen? All right, why don't we quit? Father, we thank you for hope we thank you for your word we thank you for encouraging us we thank you lord for double blessings for a temporary barrenness for a barrenness that came for no reason for the woman that feels rejected and left out father that you give her the double portion and and that that would be noised throughout your your kingdom and and throughout the hearts of people that they can be blessed and know that you see them, you see their need, you know what they need, and you're in the blessing business. So, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in us, what you're doing in our lives, what you're doing worldwide. And we honor you, Lord, and we love you, and we bless you, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray your for you.
everything that God has for you. Increase their hope, Lord. Let them have hopes, big dreams, big plans. Let it be in you. You caused them to hope even when they were babies. Don't let that hope be extinguished. For those whose hope is in walking again, receive in Jesus' name. For those who are deep physical healing, new heart, new lungs, new mind, new nerve system, Everything, new thyroid, everything, lower blood pressure, everything that's needed, Father. Cause them to hope and put faith with that and know that they know that they know that it is come to pass this day. In Jesus' name, amen. I see people walking. Praise God. Amen and amen again.
All right, we'll do our declaration. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. I don't have and whatever it is you're fighting. And keep addressing these things. Make them leave you alone. And it don't have me. Thank you, Jesus. By your stripes, we are healed. Amen. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen.